Hey, everybody. On this episode of the podcast, we have a special episode on singleness and what that means, especially for the believer, for a Christian. Right, Rosie? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, basically, it centers around one question is if you're currently Christian, single, uh, waiting to be married, should you kill yourself right now? <laughs> <laughs> is there any hope for you? Is there any hope? We have, we're selling ropes now, so you can hang yourself. <laughs> it's the uh, Jossie Smollett. Uh, Smollett package, the all-out war package, Smollett package. Yeah, we're going to send you a red hat. Yeah. Yeah. They come in different colors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so... Uh, that's going to be the episode. So if, if, if you're, and this is someone you, this is one you're going to want to share with your, if you're married, you want to share this with your single friends or your, your kids or whoever. Anyway, sit back, grab a coffee and enjoy. You're listening to the all out war podcast. That's right, Warrior. You're listening to All Out War. <laughs> How you doing? Thank you for pushing play and listening to us today. <laughs> Rosie, what's up, man? What's up, too? Not much. <laughs> I'm Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie once again. <laughs> I'm, ex- yep. I'm experimenting with new intros. I just enjoy Caught it. Caught me off guard. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Oh, man. Oh, dude. So how was your week, man? <laughs> <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah. Mine was too. Yeah. We are all sick in my family, man. I am fighting this thing. It's two weeks in a row I've been fighting this crazy sinus infection thing. And I'm so stubborn I won't go to the doctor. And my wife is like, just go to the doctor. Just go to the doctor. And I'm like, they're going to try and give me a stupid flu shot, and I'm not going to get that thing. I'm not going to get aborted babies injected into me, man. It ain't happening. It's true. <laughs> so <laughs> if you yeah, don't know what I'm talking about, true. just Google yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't done the flu shot. Uh, I've done it like twice in my entire life. And um, both times that I did it, I got really sick. Hmm. And um, I just said, well, this doesn't work, obviously, so forget it. And everyone else gets it. So I'm like that one guy that doesn't get it, but everyone else does. So I never get sick. Yeah. So it's we always had to, I always had to get it. Yeah. It's like people. Not for my parents, but we had to circumstances. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 No worries. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying I don't get it. Yeah. But I'm sick right now, so. Yeah. I don't go to the doctors because I'm cheap. <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. <laughs> Wait till it gets really, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But most, no, I'll just be stubborn. Most men are like, no, that's a man thing. That's yeah. not even, that's just a dude. Like, I don't want to go to the doctor. It's just annoying to think about. Yeah. It's like a pain. It's going to cost you money. You want to hear a story? Yeah. My great grandfather, who I never met. I don't think my dad met him. Maybe he died when he was very young. Stepped on a rusty nail. Got gangrene. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not la- Whoa. And never went to the doctor and just died. Holy cow. Yeah. That escalated quickly. Yeah. So it's in my blood. Stubbornness and hatred of doctors. Wow. That's like a family thing. You, you know, tetanus shot, man. It could have saved his life. Yeah. That would have he been was it. just He was just like, ah. <laughs> I didn't need that foot anyways. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so that, moral of the story is, oh man. Hey, what do you know, man? Oh, hey, did you know uh, that in the state of California, wait for this, All right. you cannot have, what, 
I was gonna I was gonna hit a soundbite. I, 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 you're gonna hit it when I was gonna. I don't know what you're gonna say. Oh. So <laughs> I was just getting ready. Okay. So in California, yeah, it is illegal to name your name uh, to name your son. Pre- presumably nowadays, you'd name your son Jose with the little I don't know the accent on the end. So that it's like Jose, you yeah. know, like with the Spanish accent, the little Spanish letter. Yeah scribble over the top of e yeah i only know like in german the two dots over u's and o's are called umlauts right yeah so like those things so you couldn't have a name like gunther with uh two dots two dots over the u because they call them diacritical marks which is the little asterisk and something like that yeah cannot have it in a child's name why only the 26 alphabetical characters (laughs) of the english language are allowed So I think the people that live in California are just smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. That is true. <laughs> they, yeah. they are smoking it. Yeah. Oh, man. And if I had a kid and the doctor was like, you can't put that on the name, I would be like, why are you gay? <laughs> yeah. That's what I would say. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And he would just say, like, oh, stupid doctors in their lab coats just hanging out, <laughs> oh, like making up stuff. You're going to need one one day. You're going to need a doctor nope. one day. Yeah, you are. Nope. I wear, yeah. well, actually, I don't wear steel-toed boots or anything like that. So Yeah. Uh, Let's be honest. I, I'm not around a lot of physical labor. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> what, <laughs> I'm not going to step on a nail. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That's amazing. I do stuff. You do stuff, yeah. But yeah, anyways, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good use of the sound bites. Thank you. Yeah, I thought, so I thought this was interesting. You want to know another uh, name thing? Yeah, sure. All right, so in 2013... Tennessee judge Luann Ballou ruled that a baby boy named Messiah Mm. must change his name to Martin, stating that it's a title that has only been earned by one person, Jesus Christ. Oh, now see, I can get behind that. And it was overturned. (laughs) Oh, see, of course, because I liked it. Yeah. Man, speaking of babies. Yeah, they... Oh, <laughs> sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I just cut you off. That's okay. Hey, we got two minutes of this music, so you can go ahead and All right, say what 2009, you want. a three-year-old named Adolf Hitler Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> what? They, they wanted a, ba- a cake ma- maimed with that? with a <laughs> Adolf Hitler Campbell. Yeah. What year? 2009. It was a three-year-old. It got in the news because... I, I think I remember that. Yeah, a baker... Refused to make a cake that said happy birthday, Adolf Hitler. And uh, then the kids got removed from foster care because all his siblings had names that were inspired by Hitler's regime. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> So there you go. There's a couple uh, did you knows. Did you knows with the babies and names. names. Anyway, I'll try to get this in before. 23 weeks. 23 weeks. We're on our baby update. Babies as big as a grapefruit. Sweet. Yeah, and hopefully... The uh, stupid lab coat doctors huh. made a mistake, and it's a boy. Still holding out. <laughs> Still holding out. She's our little grapefruit girl. No. She Anyways. Is. So uh, it says, uh, big as a grapefruit, baby skin's getting a little saggy <laughs> because the fat has to fill in. Yeah. Uh, it can punch and kick. Self-defense. And uh, the placenta transfers oxygen and nutrients to the baby. Amazing. And removes doo-doo. Do do waste products. Do so you say can kick and punch? Can kick and punch. I like that. You never know what you're going to encounter in that womb. No, it can be crazy place sometimes. Yeah. So that's awesome. Okay, we still made it in within Dude, the. Uh, I know within the uh, time. I know you got. We, oh, hold on, I can tell you. There you go. 
We're down 16 seconds left. Cool. Let's just let's just enjoy that. It's just beautiful. Wonderful music. Why are you gay? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect, dude. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. That's why you don't control the uh soundboard. Yes. I control the soundboard. Fair enough. All right. Anyways. So uh this episode, this podcast episode that that we are gonna do. Um, it's a topic that will will speak to a handful of people. No, it'll speak to a majority or a percentage. I would say fifty percent <laughs> of the people that listen to this podcast. Um, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast that are um, more your age. I'm I'm the old guy. I'm the Gen X dude, and you're the millennial dude. Yeah, and exactly. a lot you know majority of our listeners are are gen, are millennials, except for like my mom who's boomer my mom yeah your mom and uh but it's a topic that we're gonna and my aunt my mom got mad don't give her enough shout outs hey aunt rosie wait yeah not gonna say her name but she knows rosie's aunt rosie's aunt yeah and my mom listens down (laughs) down in her retirement community down anyways um single people single people singleness this is about singleness and dealing with singleness and the life in particular the life of a believer is what I'm assuming, you know, we're going to, the angle we're going to take from this. Yeah. But, um, it can be one of the most challenging seasons in a person's life when they get to be in the, that age of marriage and waiting for that promise of God and that to be fulfilled, you know, we're, I can relate. It can relate. <laughs> it can relate. And, uh, it can be, it can be the temptation. Like in my mind is the temptation. And this was my thought what my temptation was uh, when I was in this place was to take matters into your own hands. Yes. And, and then the other, the other temptation is to not blow things out. Like, um, Oh my gosh, you looked at me. Maybe she's the one, Yeah, you know, and oh, we're already, already in my head. I already have like a house and kids and, yeah. you know, um, so anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a challenging time for people. Yeah. Especially if you're a believer. So how about I'll, get this kicked off okay so the way we're i I was thinking that we can do this and keep it is i have found slash came up with six questions okay but there's a bonus one great that i'm going to start this off with okay that we can just get out of the way it'll be really easy (laughs) i think um start with the bonus question yeah start with the bonus question and i'm going to start by reading something first okay cool if you'll indulge me i will indulge you yes it'll make the the it's applicable i'll make i'm gonna make it fit yeah so i found this article by the washington compost <laughs> written by a female pastor and i'll just say this <laughs> and uh it is called sex in the single christian why celibacy isn't the only option so <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, I'm sorry. I'm gonna, yes. Okay. So maybe you'll see this question. Why it's so easy to get out of the way first. So I'm going to read a little bit about this, this madness that she's writing about. American Christians sometimes conflate celibacy and chastity too, which is a problem. Mm. Chastity is a virtue related to temperance. It is about moderating our indulgences and exercising restraint. We are all called to exercise chastity in a variety of ways, though the details will vary given our individual situations. You already see the problem? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm tracking. Uh, so it says, blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the official teaching of the Catholic Church and some other churches. Uh-huh. 
However, chastity requires restraining oneself from indulging in sexual relationships outside the bounds and bonds of marriage. That is, chastity, chastity is for single. For singles means celibacy, no sex. Mm-hmm. Accurate? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there may be other norms for chastity. Uh-oh. Maybe our marital state isn't the primary norm. Mm. I'd argue, this woman, not me, that we can be chaste, faithful, which chaste, chaste yeah. sorry. That's okay. In unmarried sexual relationships, if we exercise <laughs> restraint, if we refrain from having sex that isn't oh. mutually pleasurable and affirming, that oh doesn't my. respect the autonomy <laughs> and sacred worth of ourselves and our partners. Isn't mutually so affirming. You can have sex uh. and still be chaste, <laughs> chaste and... Re- you're I'm like, trying to like in my head work this one out. Like, yes. After the after you do the deed, but this is like I did not. I was not mutually enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> what are these, these these restraints that she puts it on? Like I'm just gonna say it. This sound like isn't mutually pleasurable and affirming. It doesn't respect the autonomy and sacred worth of ourselves and our partners. She's basically saying this is what she's saying. Yeah. If you don't, you can have all kinds of sex. Yeah. As long as you don't rape someone. <laughs> that's that's what she's saying yeah from extent of it yeah absolutely all right so that's, i'm gonna but the mutually pleasurable is makes me laugh because uh all right never mind yeah. I'm, not, I'm not gonna go there i know let me just keep Sorry. going a little bit there's nothing much jeez yeah, um there are those who feel that they are called to seasons of celibacy or even years of celibacy and if answering that call is life-giving and purposeful then they should take it up as a spiritual discipline but no call can be forced on an unwilling person, especially not if they find themselves single only by virtue of circumstance. Okay, hold on. All right, well, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. No, you're, you were rolling your eyes. You I know. put your hands I, over I, your face. Go ahead. So I want you to read a part of that again. Okay. Um, I'll, just that paragraph? Yeah, read. Yeah. There are those who feel that they are called to seasons of celibacy or even years of celibacy. And if answering that call is life-giving and purposeful, then they should take it up as a spiritual discipline. But no call of celibacy uh, is what I'm adding that in. Yeah, yeah. Can be forced on an unwilling person, especially not if they find themselves single only by virtue of circumstance. All right. So the the first the first problem I have with it is this whole idea of call. Yes. Who called you to that? Right. It would be God. Yeah. So God's will is only good if it's pleasurable to you. Yeah. So let's think about some individuals in the Bible that were in God's will, but it was not absolutely not pleasurable. Mm-hmm. But it was life-giving in the sense that they were obeying God. Right. This is the that this is just the most carnal logic. This woman is so this is, off uh, base. It's not just a woman it's yeah. a woman pastor. Okay. So you well, will respect her, her pronoun <laughs> of pastor that she placed upon herself. Uh, all right. Anyways, <laughs> I'm just kidding. anyways, I'll just say this, that her, her concept and her idea and her logic and even her understanding of, of the Bible obviously needs, she needs to go back to school because yeah, well, like when we talk about call, yes, it comes from God. If God's going to call you to something, it's not like you get the prerogative of saying, well, if it makes me feel good, I'll just obey it. Yeah. I mean, that's Jonah is the perfect example of that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. God called him. He disobeyed. He went the opposite way, ended up in the belly of a whale, you know, probably dead. Yeah. 
It's more than likely that Jonah died in that whale. A lot of people don't don't realize that. And then God <laughs> still was like, "Nope, you're going back. I'm gonna, I'm, you're gonna do this." Yeah, exactly. And then what did he say? He went there, said seven words. Yeah. <laughs> everyone converted. Yeah, begrudgingly, he was like, "I'll give the, I'll give the message." But the whole point was his heart was not into it. Yeah, and it wasn't pleasurable for him. No, but it was God's will. It was God's call. Yes, on his life. So her logic is just twisted there. Yeah. Well, I want to read. Okay. There's just two quick more paragraphs before the kicker at the end. All right. I need to get another Coke Zero. Hold okay. On. I'll keep. Plenty of women and men love sex and need it. We need bodily pleasure, remember? And the abundant life for them will involve seeking out relationships of mutual pleasure. Chastity or just sex requires that whether we are married or unmarried, again, our sex lives restrain our egos, restrain our desire for physical pleasure when pursuing it would bring harm to self or other. And she, earlier in the article, she talks about Jesus, but she's going to reference Jesus right here. I offer the example. She talked about how he was celibate. Yeah. He was single. Yeah. She said, I offer the example of Jesus, not because I think he was likely celibate. Likely. There you go. That's not even the the whole thing, but But rather because of his because his life demonstrates what it might mean to be both different and beloved, chased but never cut off. <laughs> Jesus was forever referring to those who have eyes to see, and he saw people in ways that others didn't. He saw them through the eyes of love, whoever they were. He loved them as they were, regardless of what society thought of them. And this is there is truth to that. Yes, but but, but not what she's saying. Right, right. We're called to see that way too, to see and nurture the possibilities for life and love that are constantly unfolding around all around us. We're called to love, we're called to see ourselves this way, beloved, no matter, or be, perhaps because of our refusal to conform to society's expectations about sex, love, and relationships. So she doesn't make any sense either. I know. She just said, you can go have sex with anyone as long as you both like it and that's yeah, it. But at the beginning, it's like you might have an option if if it's not mutually like enjoyable. Yeah. That you could it's almost like take the car for the test drive. Yeah. If it doesn't if you don't like something about it, then just then, become celibate. Yeah. yeah. Then, then you can just claim the celibate card and it's okay. Yeah. I mean this is like okay. shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, this but it's just so I love easy. how yeah. she throws this, but you know, refuse to conform to society's expectations about sex, love, and relationships, which she doesn't agree with because she wants you to totally conform to the world right and then last last sentence straight gay bi trans intersex we are all beloved and do god and ourselves a disservice if we are conformed okay so there you go that was a woman okay so that was all of a thing to say wait did you what were those it was like straight gay bi why are you gay I am not gay. Don't you ever ask me that again. I, wait, no. It's my eyebrows. Right? I need to get them. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're on flick. They're on fleek. <laughs> oh, my fleek. God. On fleek. I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm old, and I even get that reference. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So, anyways, this was a whole thing to say. So, obviously, maybe some Christians that are single out there, because you might read something like this, and they'll go, oh. God doesn't want me to, to be celibate doesn't want me while I'm single. Right. So this is this is the long way to say, here's the first question that's a bonus throwaway. Should we be celibate 
and pure while we're single. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> uh, can I speak to that? Yeah, oh, please. Cool. So a lot of people um, forget that there is a spiritual side to yep. many, many aspects of life. Um, and one of those in particular is this whole concept of sex. Uh, Paul tells us that the that the two become one flesh, and that fr- from the spirit we become one in spirit. And so you you join uh, spiritually with that individual that you have sex with. And our society and our culture in the world at large does not view any of these things with a spiritual mindset. They're in fact. The Bible tells us that these things are spiritually discerned and they can only be discerned by someone who's born again. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a born of the spirit in order to discern the things of the spirit. And when, when we forget as believe, because there's a carnal, so this is what's so crazy. It's a fleshly appetite, right? It's a desire that's driven by the flesh, by hormones, my Mm. desires, my passions. Right. Um, But there's a spiritual um, result that occurs from it. Yeah. It's very, very powerful, but it's very, very um, hidden, and it's not easy to, to to pick up on. So when you, as a believer in particular, we should always be taking that spiritual side of things and putting that as a priority uh, in our decisions. So when you're a believer and you're single and you're trusting in Jesus, the, the reason he wants you to remain pure and celibate is because there's a spiritual blessing that comes in the covenant of a of a marriage yeah, that's safe. It's defined by God and it's blessed by God. And that, and then the two that become one can actually be multiply. Yeah. So cool. So I just figured get that out of the way. Yeah. Cause that's a, uh, and I'll also give you that, uh, warm you up a little bit. Uh, the other questions are not as easy. <laughs> that one. Uh, all right. Well, I'll do so, the best I can. It's been a long time since I've been single. Yeah. Like 23 years. So, Nice, congrats. Mazel tov. Mazel tov. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I got a phrase for you. All the single people want to be married. All the married people want to be single. That's, yeah. a, that's a joke that has truth to it. Yeah, I've heard it from my married friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Why does God allow me to be single for so long? Oh, excuse me. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and so, why does God allow me to be single for so long? And what is God's reasoning, or what? Why is He letting me remain single? Mm. So that's a question. Yeah. So <clears throat> that's a it's a hard question to answer because it's gonna it's got to be an answer that's for each individual. So there's no blanket like, well, this is why you're single, right? Right. Like, so there's various reasons why that could be happening, though. Um, one of those things could be that you are not prepared. Like I think of the individual, um, somebody that's that is single who wants to be married, but they seem to be waiting a long time. It could be that God is working in their life, and they're not they're not at a place to be to that they're ready either emotionally um, or just even spiritually to serve and to lay down their life and to become a person that would be you know good in marriage. So one could be you're just plain not ready. Yeah. Um, the other could, another reason could be that, um, that there could be some issue in your life of rebellion where you're just not in God's will, where you're deliberately, um, 
moving away and out of God's will for your life. And so it's making it difficult for God to bring that person to you. And I've met people that have been, you know, quote unquote prodigals and they get married in that state and they really end up marrying a person that's probably not the best person for them, but they're married. And once they're married, now it is who God wants them to be with. And so they have to honor that and it can create a world of, of issues within the marriage after that. So it could be, you're not ready. It could be you're in sin. And the other could be that the person that God wants that has for you isn't ready, that he's working in their life as well, and that it's a timing issue, plain and simple. So, and I have some, I can offer up some, uh, you know, answers to like, if you're in that, if you find yourself in yeah, that yeah, spot. Yeah. So some advice that was given to me, this was really good about a year before I met my, my wife, um, that uh, the woman that I'm married to now, my wife, um, about a year before I met her, I was about 23, 24 years old. And my pastor at that time was just encouraging me to be patient and wait. And, um, I didn't have a girlfriend or anything. So I wasn't struggling with like being pure, you know, like I wasn't stumbling, you know, but, um, he said, here's the thing, Turner, work on yourself, like make yourself the best possible person you can be so that when God brings that woman to your life, you're ready, you're available, and um, you're prepared. I heard it put a really good way. Be, it, it's always, uh, I've heard this said, and maybe you agree or not, is uh, be a person that you would want to marry. Yeah. Like, why? Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, that's a great it's something advice. Like, if, if, if you wouldn't want to marry, if you wanna, wouldn't want to be with, you know, it, it takes a, you'd have to take a hard look at yourself and say, yeah. Would I want to marry someone with the traits that I currently have? Yeah. The other side of it, too, is this, is that, you know, um, you, you trust the Lord mm-hmm. and and God's sovereign over your life. And so accepting your place in life right now is um, is really the idea of just being content yeah. where you are. And so um, a lot of times when a single person is in, a, in that waiting time, they just obsess with when is that going to happen? Who's it going to be with? Where is the person? And they're missing great opportunities in this season to serve the Lord in a really great way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've said this before, but because of the fact that I'm married and have three children, I'm limited in my availability for some of the things that God might want to do. It doesn't mean that he can't use me, but it does limit me in my availability. The, I'll give you the perfect example of that. We, you and I have a really good friend named Ed, and um, Ed is single. He's he's probably 30 now, and Ed just took off. Um, he works with a high-risk missions group, yeah. and he's, he's you know, over in, uh, you know, someplace. A dangerous country yeah, right now. Yeah, it could be the sandbox. It could be somewhere else. Africa. But, yeah. yeah. But he's basically in the working alongside um, some pretty incredible things, and he's experiencing some pretty incredible things. I could really, I mean, I could technically do that, yeah. take off and go there, be there with them, but it would really harm my family. And so, because he's not married, because he doesn't have children, and because he's mobile, he can go and be in a place like that and do things that other people can't. Now. God can call my family into something like that if he wanted to, and that would be pretty amazing. I don't know if he would. <laughs> but so my point is is that 
God's will for you right now is to be where you are. So instead of worrying about the next thing, take what you have in front of you right now and embrace that with contentment and joy that God has God is actually sovereign over your life in this moment and that he loves you. And he's, you know, you know, I just thought of this is that uh you know the 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 <laughs> you said it very succinctly. I don't I don't think on here, but maybe you did. The economy of God how it works so weirdly. You know, like the more you give the more you you might be blessed, mm-hmm. and basically this this whole idea of uh, you know to, uh, if you're a good steward of and Jesus talks about this in parable mm-hmm. all the time. If you're a good steward with what God gives you, if you're a good steward of it, He will say like, oh, this guy's really you know if you're at work and you're a manager, and like you can manage you know manage the hell out of you know ten <laughs> people, you can handle it. Yeah. And you keep doing really well, your boss might go, "Oh, you're doing great with this team. How about we'll give you, you know, a division where you can train, God. You know, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. they give. So the, the if you're a good steward of what God gives you currently, He'll bless you with more. Yeah, faithful with little, faithful with much. Yeah. So I was thinking, yeah. you know, that kind of relates to, you know, in the season of thing, you really should, you know, if you change that mindset. I mean, this is something I've been going through as well. Like, you know, I guess not to get super personal, but, you know, to uh, really see, I'm trying to segue to the next question, yeah, sure, yeah. but uh, yeah, you know, take advantage of where I'm at and, uh, you know, be blessed and do with what I have, you know, if, cause I'm not going to have a lot more time if I get married or whatever. That's right. So be blessed and do good deeds with what I have now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If I have more disposable income am i giving more than i should be am i i'm probably not giving more than i should be (laughs) but uh i don't think that's a a problem with too many americans no no um but you know am i am i doing well with what uh i currently have yeah something to think about yeah that's a great one all right next one this is uh you kind of touched on it i thought you were gonna go here well it might be a little controversial but if marriage is a gift from god and it's sanctioned by god and it's a gift that God gives us. Why are non-Christians around, you know, this is from the perspective of a Christian person. Why are non-Christians around me getting married? Is God blessing them instead of me? Am I missing out on blessing? You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I told you they're a little tricky. No, it's not tricky. It's just making me laugh because I'm thinking like they're, they're, they're complex. Yeah. It's like, there's so yeah. many layers to this. Thank you. I thought yeah. <laughs> I was put some thought into it. So, the first thing I would say is in our lives, it is a very dangerous thing to compare yourself with someone else. Um, And that's a trap that um, people will oftentimes do. Um, And it goes back to a little bit to God's will. Um, Just because an unbeliever is getting married, just because an unbeliever is finding that they're, you know, their soulmate or whatever you want to call it. um, It doesn't, it doesn't mean that, that, your that God's blessing them and not blessing you. And that's important to remember because if God is a God of love and God has chosen this season for whoever's listening to this that is in that season, then it's important for you as that person to understand that he's sovereign over your life and that he knows what's best for you. He's a good father. Um, one of the when Jesus taught on the parables of prayer in um, Matthew chapter 7, and he said uh, that he basically related 
the this whole concept of God being a our Father, mm-hmm. and he's and he said to the disciples in this parable, he said, if any of you asks for bread, would he give you a, a, a stone? Or if any of you asks for a fish, would he give you a snake? And he says, you who are being, who are wicked are good fathers. How much more is your father in heaven? And, you know, the whole idea of Jesus saying that was basically like, look to God as your father who takes care of you and loves you and knows what's best for you. So comparing yourself to to even a believer, another believer, I know sometimes I look at like, and this will happen with outside of marriage. This can happen with jobs. Yeah, it can happen with all kinds of different yeah, yeah, things. Yeah, you know, we start to compare ourselves. Well, why didn't I get that job? Maybe you and another believer were com- were were both applying for a job, <laughs> and yeah. you clearly were more qualified, right? If you don't believe God's sovereign over your life, wait until you're in a situation like that. You God will really show you that He's sovereign over your life. Yeah. You know, and the so then it boils down to trust. Do I trust God? Do I trust His love for me? Do I trust that He has all things good for me in mind? Um, I did want to read one verse. Yeah, that Paul wrote in Corinthians, First Corinthians seven. He has a whole chat. Basically, the majority of chapter seven of First Corinthians is about marriage, but he has this great verse in verse eight. He says, "Now to the unmarried and to the widows," mm-hmm. he says, "I have I say." It is good for them to stay unmarried, as I am. So Paul was saying, as he was unmarried at that moment. Um, but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. And he 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 goes in there. He talks a little bit more about you know it, leading up to that verse. He's yeah. talking about how the wife's body doesn't belong to her, but it belongs to her husband. The husband's body is not his own; it belongs to his wife. And he's kind of illustrating sort of this outline of the sacrifice and that you're giving yourself over in marriage. But what's interesting, he says, to the rest, I say this. He says, uh, if any brother, oh, wait, I'm sorry, that was the wrong voice, wrong verse. He says, <laughs> uh, that was talking about divorce and marriage. He says, nevertheless, this is verse 17, each one of you should remain in the place that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. And so he's, you know, on the topic of marriage, remarriage, being single and all that, he's like, remain where you are right now and just serve God where you are. And I think that's just a great reminder. Yeah. You know? So I didn't, uh, I didn't have this written down. Okay. Cause it might be kind of depressing, but yeah. you brought it up and Paul does talk about it. Not even in there. There's another verse I'm thinking of a section. Maybe it isn't there and I'm just stupid. Um, but are some Christians called to be single? Yes. Yes. Their whole life. Yes. Okay. There are people that are called to be celibate, you know. Um, yeah. Okay. And uh, I was going to say and so. It, and so, ahead. and it's a calling. So here's the thing to remember. It's a call. So no matter what God calls you to, so say God calls you to be a missionary. Say God calls you to be a pastor. Say God calls you to be a, an IT, you know, guy, so whatever. Um, whatever God calls you to, he equips you for so his grace is sufficient for whatever he calls you to. So if he's called you to be celibate or single, he's going to give you what you need to walk through that will that he has for your life, you know? Right. So this is like one of the things that, you know, uh, I was talking to someone before this about this topic. And uh, we were talking about how Paul remained single for, you know, at least ever since he got converted, right? Did he well, didn't get... 
So the th there's a lot of different theories. On okay. It. Some say that his wife left him when he became a believer. Right. And he talks about that. He says, "Look, when when you um, he says if your unbelieving spouse wants to leave you, then they're free to leave you. But you're not free to leave them just because you married an unbeliever or you became saved and they're not a believer. You have to. You have. To, and it even says that you're like he talks about a husband and a wife, and he says the wife's um, faithfulness and her gentleness and her reverence for the Lord will actually win her husband over. Hmm. But she's not free to leave. Right now, if he wants." If he can't handle the fact that she's saved and he wants a divorce, he can do that, or vice versa. If if she can't handle the fact that he's saved and she wants a divorce, she's free to leave. And once she's once they leave, then you're free. You're basically set free from that covenant, and you're free to find a, a believing spouse if you want, if that's God's will. So here, I just I'm going to throw this other dimension into it that because I thought of a couple of um, things talking about that. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, so this is just a, in summary uh, what. I think you're saying is, so if someone's, because <laughs> I've thought this and I've, I know other, I've talked to other guys that are single Yeah, and they're like, maybe I'm just called to be single for the rest of my life and I'll never come. And someone just told me, maybe it was you. I heard it somewhere where they're like, do you want to get married? I'm like, well, yeah, I want to get married. You're not called to see, <laughs> you're not called to be single then. Right, yeah. You know, someone that is called to be single. So I, I want to reassure those people that just because there are people out there, yeah. if you're even worried about getting married, it's not you. Like, yeah, I, or I would hedge that, but yes, okay. typically the desire. So I always love this. God gives you the desires of your heart. Right. And that's a, that's sort of a double entendre. Is that the right word? Mm. Um, is that the right? No, no, I don't think no. So. Cause what well, it means is that he, not only does he deposit or give you the, de the, the desires within your heart, but he also is the one who's fulfills them. Right. So he gives you the desires of your heart. In other words, he places them in and then he fulfills them right. for you. And so if someone has a great desire to be married and, um, and it's not like an obsessive thing, it's not a comparison thing. Yeah. It's not a, an identity thing. Um, it's just generally like, man, I've always wanted to be married since I was a little kid. Like I've, it's just been something in me. It's, it's a likely, the likelihood is that that is God's will for their life. And he's put that desire in them. I mean, the first commandment he gave to Adam and Eve was to be fruitful and multiply, yeah. right? There is, there is great, um, great purpose in marriage you know, um, outside of the fact that it's an illustration between the relationship between Jesus and the church, as Romans tells us, you yeah. know, but, um, I, I guess more so what I meant is to kind of relieve anyone that, yeah. because that question is, uh, you know, <laughs> I, God won't, if I really want to be married and I'm patiently waiting, yeah. God's not going to be like, ah, tricked you. <laughs> I know you wanted this your whole life, but you're going to die alone. You know, like something like that. He's not going to do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and if your heart is not in line with that, yeah. but you want his will, he will, he will, he will change yeah. that. Right, right. You, you know, you'll be able to embrace that if that is the truth, you know, for your life, if you're called to be celibate, less people are called to be celibate right. than married though. I do know that. And there's a purpose behind that as well. Well, and so this is what I was going to get back to. You were talking about how Paul said, you know, if you become a Christian, you can't leave your spouse. And you know, the, the what did you say that, that you being faithful and loving to your spouse who may, Win not, them over. Yeah. We'll win them over. And I was thinking that's the same way because I was thinking, you know, who would might be called to be celibate? I know some stories I've read about particular Christians who come out of, who maybe struggle with same-sex attraction. Yeah. 
you re- I've read some stories where they're really powerful of guys that were like, look, I was gay. I, or, yeah. I, I, I identified as gay. I practiced homosexuality and that they practiced that. Yeah. And then they're like, then I got saved and uh, some of them find spouses and stuff of the opposite sex. Yeah. But I've read stories where guys were like, you know, it's just not there for me. And so I'm going to be celibate for the rest of my life until maybe the desire changes. So basically they're not going to act out on the impulses and stories I've read are like, they're like, I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. And uh, so the other thing is, is, uh, you know, maybe someone that comes out that's married already. Um, So I'm just trying to think of to cover all bases is like, if you're, if someone perhaps is listening and they're married and well, I, I'll use that term. Well, I guess now it's legally the term. If you're gay married, right, right, and you get saved, and you all of a sudden you you feel this conviction to no longer you're convicted of living a, a sinful that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, and the other partner maybe doesn't right like want to do. You can leave them. Yeah. So. <laughs> so this, I know this you, is kind of not singleness, but what? But you. So what you're. So okay. Let me let me go back. So th- another side of celibacy is you're right. That I was going to bring that up, and I'm yeah. glad you brought it up. Is that um, there's a lot of there are I've heard many stories of people who really want to honor the Lord and His Word with their life, and, but yet they still have this same sex attraction. Mm-hmm. And the best way for them to honor God is to just avoid acting out on relationships, even, even, you know, relationships that are, that could become, um, you know, romantic or whatever. Yeah. They just literally cut all of that off and they, and they have platonic relationships and they avoid any of that. And they do that for their own good because they're trying to honor the Lord with their body and with their actions and all of that. And it's just such an amazing testimony yeah. of that individual because that individual is just really, it shows you their commitment and love for Jesus. Yeah which I just really can't say enough about that type someone in that situation, how much I just respect that. Yeah. The, and God's grace is really sufficient, right? So he gives you strength to walk through that. That, yeah. Um, and then there's the people that, so then a situation that you're talking about is like maybe someone who was in that lifestyle, in the alternative lifestyle, the homosexual lifestyle, and then they meet Jesus and then they, they realize it isn't his will for their life. And so they want to move away from that, but they're pretty in pretty yeah. deep in maybe even married to an individual. Um, so this is a situation that I actually encountered um, with someone and it, I'm not going to get in details, yeah, yeah, names, yeah. but um, essentially this individual, um, he asked me, um, Hey, I, I gave my life to Jesus and I'm following God now, and I want all of my life to really reflect that. And when that happened, I my desires were taken away from me for that for my spouse. I'm married. Um, and incidentally, when he told me that he, he came up to me, he starts, "Hey, I'm married," and I accepted Jesus. I was like, "Sweet, great." And um, and then he's like, "But um, my spouse is a." <laughs> my spouse is a man who's transitioning into a woman and uh, doesn't accept Jesus. And I'm lost all my desire for that relationship. So in other words, when, when he got saved, God delivered him from yeah. that, 
desire. And there's no other way to say it. Like, yeah. You know, and I know people, oh, therapy and, you know, like whatever they want to, you know, the, yeah. all this stuff. Look, this is just a miraculous work of God. It really was. So the question was, is what do I do? I'm married. We bought a house and I want to honor Jesus now. And, and I'm, I'm not into this relationship. It's causing a lot of problems. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell him right away. I had to wait. Um, and I had to get some counsel and find out what would be best. And in that moment, um, when I came back, I just said to him, Hey, you're actually free to leave. Yeah. Now, if it were a other way around, or it was a, a heterosexual relationship, I would say to that spouse, no, you need to stay. You're not free to leave. But this situation, it's not honored by God. It's not outlined in scripture as an honorable covenant that God would, it's not even his will. So you can leave. But I did put this on him. I said, give him everything. Give him the house. Give him all the savings. I said, make it so that he walks away with all the the bounty, if you will, yeah. and you take the hit and let God provide for you. Let God, let God really show himself mighty in your life as you honor him. And, um, it was a really hard road. It was yeah. a really hard road. It wasn't easy, but that's how God untangles some of this stuff when a person gets saved, you know? So, uh, he's going to have to stay celibate, you know, if the desire, and it's not to say the desires won't come back. Yeah. Sometimes they're just re they're basically re, um, they're just passions that have been changed now from a person to, to God. And then maybe they'll turn back towards another person at, at some point. And, and then it, the, that's when the Christianity has to be more faith walk because the passion isn't there necessarily. Yeah. You know, so that was a good tangent, but I, I think we, sorry, uh, no, 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 no. I, I brought it up, but it's, I was going to say, I think that, yeah, it's actually one of my favorite stories that I've ever had in ministry yeah. that that happened. I, I just still can't believe that conversation I had. And just, it just was a, I witnessed a miracle. Yeah. And cool. I mean, I, the, and maybe I'll just, right. I was just thinking like that, uh, just in that way of giving him everything. Yeah. You never know if like that action of like the, the spouse, whatever it is, he, she, whatever it is now. Yeah. Um, receiving all that stuff is like, Wow this guy like still cares, you know, like he's not like you calling him out in sin. He's right, not, right. it's not like a hateful divorce no. thing. Like you're going to burn in hell, you know, all this stuff. It's like blessing. And you never, I, I mean, I'm speaking generalities cause I don't know the situation, but that might be something that all of a sudden that person gets convicted and they're like, yeah, I need to, you know, so. And, and the feelings are real. I mean, yeah. like for that person, like, in that in that relationship yeah, they're, yeah. they're genuine love feelings yeah. their affections their attractions and all of that they're not like they're just like this is a problem like it's not like someone that's in that situation is those aren't real feelings yeah, them, yeah. you know so yeah but yeah it's good all right so how about another one okay uh does god love no oh, I, I said does god love them more because they're married and i'm not now yeah. we can skip over that one well i have a great i have okay. a great verse too paul paul says in this whole first corinthians 7 he gets he gets towards the end of his discourse about all and he says those who marry will face many troubles in this life and i want to spare you of this <laughs> so you know he was basically saying look man when you get married like you're attentions are pulled in many different directions yeah and he's like i just want to spare you of all the troubles that marry and it does bring troubles man i always joke around when i do premarital with couples i'm like uh you're two sinners that are getting married 
and you're going to make little sinners eventually, <laughs> but it's two sinners becoming one. And so all of the things that are hidden in the engagement process will be exposed in the marriage <laughs> right. process. And so all the weaknesses, all the things, they all just, you can't hide them. Yeah. When you're living with somebody that in that proximity, you can't hide them. Yeah. And so there's a lot of troubles that come with marriage. You know, the first year of marriage is really hard for a lot of people, a lot of couples, because it's that adjustment. I believe it. Yeah. All right. All right, cool. So God does not love them more because he gives them marriage, right? <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, what should I do while I'm single? We already kind of went over that. Party it up, Party man. it up. Date all the time. Get on Tinder. Do whatever you got to do. No. <laughs> I was going to say, send pictures to all my married friends where I'm like, look, I'm just going down here because I don't have a wife and just, kids, yo. Just spending oh, money. I'm just, I'm just buying this. You have to ask your wife. You have to save up for that. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, no, dude. You're, I mean, there's some. You should do that. Be kind of. You're I like, do. <laughs> like, and then they're. And then he's gonna troll you back. He's gonna be like, "Hey, look, I'm. I'm going to bed with my wife. Like, I'm. I, we're just like. Uh, they do do that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's turnabout's fair play. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. What I think that question. What should you do? Is probably the question that you should be asking God more. And more of if you're in that place of waiting for your spouse, just ask God, what do you want me to do today? What do you want to yeah. do with me today? What What is it? How that, can I serve you today? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's just, a. I mean, we should all be asking that regardless. But but in that particular stage of life, in that place of life, that's a great prayer. Yeah. You know, and um, and enjoy and serve others. I mean, marriage is about sacrifice and dying to yourself. So just serve others. Find ways to bless people and serve others. And who just knows? Get some training, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Who knows? You might meet your spouse through that, yeah. you know? So I think those are pretty easy. Cool. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Okay. Pretty basic. Um, what should I look for in a potential spouse? They gotta as be, a Christian, yeah. you know, like as a... So people hate when I say this, yeah. but I... I believe this firmly. You gotta, you gotta find someone you're attracted to first and foremost. Like people that downplay, like I hear, I hear Christians like, oh, like their appearance does not matter. No, it does matter. <laughs> it does matter. And look, it's okay. It's okay. God made us the way He made us. Like we're attracted to people the way we're attracted certain to certain things. Yeah. yeah. So first, first and foremost, it's gotta be someone you're attracted to. If you're trying to force it, um, you're just, it's not, it's already wrong. So, um, so you're saying God, well, here's a, here's a different side. Yeah. All right. Got a spouse. Yeah. Maybe, or not a spouse. Oh, not, it's not already a spouse. Um, I've got someone potential in mind. Okay. Dating. Maybe I'm going dating someone. Yeah. Not super physically attracted to. Okay. Like not averse. Obviously you wouldn't be dating someone if you're like, get right. away from me. Right. Um, but they have characteristics that you might be looking for yeah. that maybe you can go into of you know, well, maybe some practical things. But here's the ultimate question. Do I go after these attributes that might be like exactly what I want at the expense of attraction? Uh, Cause I mean, this is kind of a <laughs> right. basic thing. No, I hear you. But saying. I, th I think I, I, I know what the answer, what you're going to say, but I think, no, you don't, you don't know what I'm going to say. Okay, go ahead. All right. Could you read my mind there? All right. The Bible tells us that beauty is fleeting. Yes. So there, you know, everybody's got their, like their season of like, yeah, where they're at like their peak, right? <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then it's downhill from there. 
Um, so uh, when well, I not s- for guys, not, yeah. My, well, my wife jokes. She's like, "You get better looking the older you get," and I'm like, "Thank you." And so do you. That's yeah. the answer back. So the, and she does. She's beautiful. Um, but but what I would say is, so I think what you need to do in your mind and in your heart, you have to work out some of these things that are non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to be they have to be clear to you that these are the things that I will not bend on. And so obviously you prioritize them. And so if you find that there's an initial attraction to somebody, it may not be like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, I was like knocked out of my shoes when I saw her or him or whatever, you know, it might just be like, man, they're really, they're hot, you know? So then that's the first thing. Okay. There's a, there's an attraction and trust me when, when you get to know someone and their character is the things that are in your, on your list, uh, they get more attractive. Right. So that's a good thing. Um, but what I would say is, so if you, if they pass the initial attraction test, you know, and so then you're like, okay, I'm going to find out who this person is. Then in your mind, you want to have a list of things that you're not going to bend on. You're not going to, you're going to change on. And the first one obviously is, is it's an, and it's a mandate from scripture is that you should not be unequally yoked. So are they a believer? And then if they, confess Christ, then that's not merely enough. Where are they? Are they a mature? Are they a disciple of Christ? Are they someone who's exploring Christ, but calling themselves a Christ? Do they think that they're a Christian and they're not a Christian? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. where are they in the relationship with Christ? I think I just said, are they calling themselves Christ? Well, if they're calling themselves Christ, you might, (laughs) might that's a good sign. Uh, No. That's a a red flag. Yeah. Um, No, but so you want to assess where they are in, in Christ you know, in their relationship with Jesus and, you know, their spiritual maturity, because that's going to, their spiritual maturity is going to affect other areas of their life. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I would look at too, and this is important, is do you have the same values in terms of some of the things, not necessarily just biblically, but in life? Mm -hmm. Do you have the same values on how you spend money? Do you have the same values in terms of like, what do you believe? Like, are you going to vote for Trump? Are you going to vote for, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. I mean, some of that, some of that is important, but like, are you pro-life? Are you, um, you know, are there, are some of these things that really matter to you? Are they the same? And it's okay to ask. I mean, this, so I always say that the dating phase is the time that you're actually smoking out all the stuff that you need to smoke out and find out what you need to find out. Like that's, that's the investigative time, Yeah. you know? And the problem is, is in the world you get, the dating is leading to sex, it's like third date, have sex. Like that's the rule or whatever. And and the problem is, is when you start to get engaged, you know, physically with someone, you lose the ability to discern these other things and they become secondary and they're really much more important. If you take a marriage, even my marriage, and it's a healthy marriage in the sex life of that marriage over the course of the life of that marriage, how much time do you think that couple spends actually having sex over the course of like a 30 or 40 year marriage. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a job, you know, even if they're having it like twice a week, three times a week or whatever. Now in, in every guy's mind, they think they're gonna have it every night. You know, that's like in their mind before they get married, uh, reality hits and, and it's not how it's going to be. I mean, just, I'll just be the majority, unless you have an amazing, you know, uh, anyways, right. <laughs> some women are very accommodating, but it only goes so far. And, um, but I would say this, that, when you engage the physical side of the of the dating part as it's inappropriate 
you enter, you lose the ability to discern the things that need to be discerned about that person. And it clouds your mind, it clouds your ability, and it, it really um, moves it on the fast track to a direction that it may not need to go, that it may not, should not go, you know? So, um, so I say figure out your, your values, your priorities, obviously Christ first, and then where are they in Christ? And then you start to work down a list in there of, of just values that they would hold, you know, where, where are they with their family? Are they, do they have a good relationship with their parents and their siblings? You know, where are they with their money? How do they spend the money? Are they massively in debt or are they pretty good steward with their money? Cause you're going to, you're going to possibly <laughs> marry that, you know, yeah. and have to deal with it. And, um, you know, where are they with other relationships? Are they, do they have good friends around them? You know, these are things like healthy. You're looking for healthy stuff. How do they treat wait staff? Yeah, that's Very, actually a big sign. Yeah. yeah. When the waiter comes and the waitress, yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah. I, I go I take them I I would I always recommend dudes take their girl to Starbucks and see what kind of drink they order. That tells you a lot. If it's like an, a nine ingredient list on it, <laughs> you might wanna you know, you might wanna start start popping the hood on that thing and seeing what's going on in there. Why uh, they're crazy? No, well, I'm just hey, the drink. The drink tells a lot. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, it's not always true. Possibly, you got to know what you're getting into. Yeah, I don't even know. If she gets a black coffee, put a ring on her finger. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but really, but for real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. If, if she loves Jesus and black coffee, you're down. Done. Dude. You've got it. Yeah. All right. This is the last one I have. Okay. Um, how do I know when I've met the one? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you will know when you know. That's I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be vague about it. You yeah. will know when you know. For me, so I'll, I'll speak from experience. For me, I couldn't think of a day, living a day without her. I couldn't think of a future that didn't have my wife in it. I just couldn't, and and that was something that I had never experienced before. Hmm. Like you know, I wasn't one of those obsessive dudes where like you know calling and texting this girl all the time. They didn't have texting back then. They, 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 really, did. they, just, they really didn't. Um, stop it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Writing carrier pigeons. Oh, carrier I'm pigeons. not that old. <laughs> for real, my, my wife had a, a cell phone when we were dating. Oh. And I, I had one for my work. And mine was this old Nextel there was a, yep. it was a, and you could like use a walkie talkie on it, but it was literally the size of a payphone. We used to joke. It was like a payphone. It was huge. It weighed like six pounds. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was a massive, the battery would last like four days. It, right. was, it was so great. But, um, and she had this like sprint, like really cool little phone, flip phone. And yeah, it was pretty nice. That's it was cool. Man. Pretty much indestructible. Yeah. But, but, um, they made them the last back then. They did. They did. Um, so yeah, those are the things that I would say, like, uh, you, you, you're going to know in your heart, you're going to know that this is the person. And, and I would say this too, if you have, if you start to feel, if you start to have a sense that this might not be the person, slow down, Mm -hmm. you know, really, really, um, yield yourself to those things. You, you really want to get it right. In fact, I I would say that the second most important decision a person makes in their life is is the person they marry. Um, because of what it what it leads to. 
Yeah. I mean, and the first important, most important decision, obviously, is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, to really surrender in, by faith to him. And that's the most important decision any person can make. But then you think about marriage as a lifelong commitment, that's going to be a pretty important decision. Yeah. And I see a lot of people, you know, fools rush in. You know, I see that a lot. And it's sad, you know. Um, I've only been, um, you know, I've, I've, I've figured it out. I just did, I have two weddings next week that I have to do. And I did one, two, three weeks ago. And I think I figured it out after five years of doing young adult ministry. Um, I've done about 23 weddings, <laughs> which is, that's about five a year, right? Yeah. You know, so um, out of those, I've had three that went through premarital with me that did not go to the altar. And I would, and I always tell that, that couple, I would rather you cry for a night than cry for a lifetime. I'd rather there be weeping for a night because your heart's broken and it didn't go the way you where you thought it was going to go than to jump into that marriage and have a lifetime of weeping because of regret from a decision that you knew you shouldn't have made. So, I would say slow down, take your time. And, you know, I feel like a hypocrite because I met <laughs> I met my wife and we were we I met and were married in a year. And I would say, well, back in you know the twenties, everyone kind of moved oh fast, God. and there was lower life expectancy. So a year was actually like seven years, right? You need to respect your elders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dropping wisdom on you, and you need to respect this. <laughs> but but I, I have, you know, I've known a, 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 it. Really depends on the couple too. Yeah. Like I mean, I was 25. I was living on my own. You know, um, I was I was not just some 19, 20 year old. <laughs> you know, very, you know, like yeah. life, life experience that wasn't there. I mean, anybody that gets married at 19 years old is insane. I'm just telling you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking over at our audience because they, they I had the honor of, yeah, they were very young, but, but they were ready. And that's the, getting good counsel too. You know, have yeah. your parents are huge. If your parents are, are believers, your parents are huge. You got to listen to them. They love you. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I know a buddy of mine, who was uh, engaged, it broke up for whatever reason. I always think of this guy. He's really, really, really good guy. And uh, he wait. I think he got married when he was 33, stayed single. Wow. After that. Just like he, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and he met, and uh, he was telling me, he. I don't think he'd ever listen to this, so he wouldn't uh, – get mad at me and no one would even know who he is. So he wouldn't, it was an incredible story. He, every, every new year's he said he would, uh, you know, journal, think about spend the whole mm. new year's Eve in prayer mm, Wow! and just going over what happened the past year and kind of like praying and seeing, you know, Hey God, I, you know, I think I'm ready for this, you know, help me out with this, this year. Yeah. And trying to listen to what God said. And so he had, uh, been doing this and, uh, he said, you know, I think I'm ready and I'm in a place. And he was in a, in a place. Like he yeah. had every, this dude huh. stud, you know, yeah, like right. and life was super, super, super successful. Just great dude. Good. Like there was no, he was ready. And uh, so he, he said he was praying. He was like, you know, God, I'd like to meet my spouse this year. I think I'm ready. I think I'm in a position. And he said, you know, he heard God basically say, don't pray for that. He was like, what, what, 
kind of confused. And he's like, okay, I want to get married this year. And so, and then it was like, he just got all this peace. And like, so <laughs> not only he went from meeting my spouse to begin prayer. Yeah. And he met, uh, so he met his wife, his then wife and got married. He met her and they got married like very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Quickly where I was like, I talked, you know, we, we hung out <laughs> in between then and he was like, yeah, uh, blah, 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 blah. I got invited to the wedding. I couldn't go. And uh, we were hanging out, and he's just like, yeah, I knew exactly. He's just telling me this crazy story. He's like, if this would have happened to anyone else, like, I wouldn't have believed it. It was so crazy. But it was just, uh, and it's been really good. You know, like, it's super awesome marriage. But it was just uh, an outlier. It was just a, a funny yeah. story. that. But at the same time, it really gave me a lot of hope, you know, maybe some hope that was portrayed to me that um, passed along to someone else is that God, uh, can do stuff like that mm -hmm. and make it like what you said that you have a lasting good marriage that it could i mean he can't they they met and got married in a very short amount of time yeah i mean not crazy short and it wasn't like a week or anything like that yeah but, yeah uh it's shorter than probably you know nowadays and right. uh, so i guess there's some hope that you know and he was like i said older had everything else going on in life yeah but that there's and, a uh, there's a whole lot of cynicism on marriage right now too, especially for for millennial generation, the yeah. younger generation, because they they've just seen so much divorce and so much heartache, and and there's also the whole aspect of living together is just a normal thing now. Yeah, and they don't really um and they don't understand what's happening with that. Uh, that'd be a whole other thing. Soul yeah. tie talking about soul ties. Right. Yeah. Know? That's a that's the spiritual component. Every time that you lay with someone, have sex with someone a piece of you is connected to them and a piece of them is connected to you. And then if you don't live in covenant, then what happens is if you break up and move on, that part of you goes with them and that part of them stays with you. And it can cause damage to your ability to really connect on a deep, intimate level later on in life, especially if you do get married and you've had many partners. Yeah. I was going to say, I saw this uh, statistic Maybe to scare you, but I'll I'll throw it out there. Yeah, it was like uh, the only one I saw. It just happened. I'm not a misogynist, so I'm just going to say this up front. But I only there's one that always gets shared that I saw. I don't know if they've actually done it the opposite way, but it said the the number of divorces based on the number of partners a woman has had, mm. and it's like zero. It's like a they're not going to get married. Like. <laughs> They're not going to get divorced. Okay. It's like almost 100. So the first time they've ever had sex is with their husband. Right. Okay. Like never, like it's so astronaut, you know, it's like 98% will not get divorced. Yeah. And then it goes for like one to three partners and it goes down to like 70. And then it's like three to five, you know, three to six, like yeah. it's still small, you know. Yeah. For, you know, I guess if you think that's a small number. It goes to like 50 mm -hmm. and then it's like 10 plus like you, you never get a state again you know statistics are not there yeah that um you they're well gonna... that's that and that's the, it's that's just based off sheer numbers right you know but the cool thing about that is is that god can he can yeah over, you know like he can no, forgive you're making me and, feel bad no 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 but that's a good i mean like uh, obviously if you're dating someone and you find out they've had like 20 you know, sexual partners, you're going to want to dig a little deeper <laughs> there. Well, when did you exactly accept Jesus? What happened? Like, you want to 
fine. It's okay yeah. to ask these questions. I mean, look, you when you go to buy a house and you go to closing, it's like a stack of, it looks like a phone book of papers you have to sign and read and all this stuff. And that's just to buy a house. Why aren't we digging that deep and getting all like that thorough with the person we're going to spend the rest <laughs> of our life with and possibly have off, offspring and, yeah. you know, our name is going to be connected to, we should be really, you know, at, it's okay to ask. And, you know, if the person's, you know, you're worth it. Like th- this is the other thing is you're worth it. Yeah. So you need to be willing to ask and they're worth it. Yeah. If you've had multiple partners and, you know, and if you've had multiple partners and you're in the Lord, or even if you've, even if you've been a, a you know, there's Christians that have lots of sexual partners all the time. Um, you, you, you can find forgiveness. It's okay. Just find forgiveness in the Lord and move stop forward. Stop doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind I mean, of stop doing it. Yeah. And ask the Lord to set you free. There, there is some, you know, I, I don't know the right word, yeah. maybe deliverance that can happen to kind of set you free from all these soul ties or whatever and the lord can break those but yeah so cool so if you're single out there and you're listening to this right now just hang in there it's not the end of the world you're actually in a really good spot and the lord loves you and it's his will and you're gonna be fine yeah you should buy lots of guns and yeah buy guns and go to the gym and (laughs) do all that fun stuff that everyone wants to do that can't yeah you know but anyways. Yeah. So that's all I got. I can't think that's of anything all else. You got. I don't really have anything else that I can add. I think um the dating thing is probably you know the most important. Well here's one. Yeah. Okay. Uh should a and this is I don't want to say should. Um but uh Tinder mm-hmm. apps like that. What should you should Yeah, I don't have a problem with with like the dating apps, like Tinder, Facebook app, the date, Facebook dating app that's out now. I don't yeah. have, there's a couple that are more geared towards hookup. Like Grinder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I wouldn't know, but yeah, I, I'll take your word. Um, hey, hey, I'm not speaking from experience. I just was. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I think I don't have a problem with there. There it's, you know, th- we live in a very digital world Yeah, and um, it's not uncommon you know, to meet people. In fact, this is ironically one of the greatest sources of divorce right now is Facebook yeah. because pe- spouses are finding their old high school. <laughs> no, that for real, yeah, this yeah. is a real problem. They're finding their old high school or they meet someone randomly and they begin a, they begin a relationship. It's totally secret online that their other, their spouse doesn't know about. And then they, they can just foster into, into, you know, infidelity. But, um, since we live in a digital world, I'm not opposed to Tinder or, you know, I don't even know what other ones are. I mean, I don't either. <laughs> FarmersOnly.com. Farmers Only, yeah. yeah. But, uh, and Christian Mingle. Well, right? I will say this. That's a ripoff. Don't use those. Christian Mingle? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Them, so, I, you know, but. I'm just, I'm just. And like, I'm that. trying to think, like, what would I tell one of my kids, right? If yeah. they, if they were in that situation. Um, now, I would say put yourself in places too where you can meet real people in real life situations. So join, you know, like go to a gym and join like the Pilates class or whatever, you know, and get, get in with some people. Um, If you don't have a church, get into a church, find a small group. You know, if they have a singles group, get in there. I mean, sometimes they're awkward and weird and 
trust me, I know all the horror stories, but put yourself in a place where you can meet people. Like going to the bar to to meet a spouse is probably not ideal. You know, people, you know, I just, uh, uh, just being honest. Um, and I know people resort to that sometimes and they've, and I've heard success stories. Oh, I found one, you know, and their beautiful family and all yeah. that. But typically that's not the place where you're going to find the type of person that you're going to want to spend the rest of your life with. So I would say use all the available things and just be smart, like tender and you got to be smart about it, you know, um, cause you can portray yourself online any way you want. So, you know, it comes with its own hazards, but it also comes with opportunities that you're not going to find yeah. that weren't available to me. I literally had to pray my wife and I was going to this little tiny church in a little podunk town and I just had to pray God to bring, because in my church, I was like the only single person. It was that small. It was a church plant. It was yeah. so tiny. And I was like the only single person. Everybody felt bad for me. I mean, I think everybody was praying for me. <laughs> God, please send Turner his wife. <laughs> He's bugging us. He's, <laughs> He's, it's depressing to see him every Sunday walking alone. Wow. It's not like I was like I'm a pariah or something. I'm like, just kidding. The leper, get him yeah, out of the camp. Pray. Oh my gosh. Uh, you feel like it sometimes, but you're yeah. not. Yeah. But anyways. All right. Any other questions? No, oh, man. I think that's good. That was good. I enjoyed that. That was that was a good departure from all of our political and conspiracy uh, stuff yeah. with secret societies. Oh, yeah. Do not try and find a spouse at the Masonic Lodge. That probably <laughs> is not, not ideal, by the way. It goes without saying. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> You find some. Well, what if? Okay, what if? What if I'm going to the Masonic Lodge? Right. Me personally, yeah. Rosie. Okay. To go learn about them, so I can learn how they, and I meet a woman. Okay. Who is also there for the same thing? Oh, for the same thing. Yeah. She's a truther. <laughs> She's a truther. That's the Lord. Marry her <laughs> Mar Mar immediately. Yes, that's the Lord. I would say do it. Be like, what do you know about the Trilateral Commission? <laughs> and she was like. What? She's like, like, boom, we're going right now to the courthouse, baby. <laughs> that would be funny. Find out her name when we sign it on the paper. <laughs> there you go. I, look, I can do your wedding for you. I'm, I'm ordained, man. I could do it. If yeah. you get married, we're going to do it like a live podcast. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. If I get married. So, yeah, if you get married. I don't know what God's will is for your life. Yeah. Well. I need you to stay single so we can keep doing this podcast. <laughs> Your wife's never going to let you leave to come over and hang out at my house. So, anyways. Yeah. Dude, it's going to be awesome, man. <laughs> Your wife's going to get a gem. I wasn't even complaining about my no, wife. I know. <laughs> no, I just, I know. I'm just saying. She's going to, she's going to get a, she's going to be blessed. I've always said this, though. What? I don't know if I said this before on here. Is that I know how, and especially now it doesn't help having a, um, years worth of hour plus recordings of me talking <laughs> out here for everyone <laughs> yes. to listen to yes. so it's not really that hidden um if she knows well if i ever t would tell her <laughs> you're, not proud, this? No. you're <laughs> not proud of this <laughs> you're embarrassed of your own podcast <laughs> but uh i was gonna say she's either gonna be the most understanding yes like where it would i i see her as i'm just gonna say like i come home and i'm like did you know what the lizard people are doing today. And she, I just picture her like washing dishes or cooking dinner or something like, and just like, Oh, that's nice. Tell me more. And she's just not listening to me at all. Yeah. But giving me that constant every like three minutes, like that's really interesting. 
and then just letting me rant. And then at the end when I'm done, she's like, are you done? All right, cool. Let's not do this. And just totally understanding. Yeah. But just gives me the space to do that. Or she's going to be more insane than me. It's going to be like, She's gonna, schooling me on red. She's like, like Rosie, we need to start a podcast. Turner is not <laughs> Turner's not woke enough. He's not woke enough. <laughs> what are, yeah. yeah. She'll take my place. Yeah. That'll be great. And I'll be like, why are you gay? <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm not gay. She's a woman. <laughs> She's a woman. You're smoking that sticky, sticky green stuff. Never, baby. Never, never. never. I'm clean. All right, man. All right. Anyways. It's been a great episode. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully you got something out of it. Yeah. I hope, I hope they're blessed. Yeah. So. And oh. just remember, all the single people out there. All the single people. I was going to say, I'm people. there with you. So oh. Don't, oh. <laughs> I'm not, uh, we're not coming from a place of Turner's married. That's I'm right. Not. That's right. So he's, he's, I'm with you guys. He's with you. We're in there. Yeah. We're going to do that. And all of our listeners, pray for Rosie. No, no, that no, no. God will no. bring him his woke wife. No, yes. no, 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 no. A hot woke wife. That's no, what you need no, that loves no, Jesus no, more than anything. I don't, don't do it. Okay. Hey, dude, ask for the, God gives you the <laughs> desires of your heart, man. You can uh, ask for you, it. You guys don't have to do that. Be specific. Ask Jesus exactly for. I like brunettes. All right. <laughs> That's a good start. Jesus loving brunette who's woke. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, just... All right. You heard him. You heard him, warriors. Pray for Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're going to have an army praying for you. It's going to be amazing. You're going to have like five. I already have an angel army praying for me. <laughs> you're going to have like five on your next Tinder thing. You have like five brunette Christians I that don't... are going to. No, I know. I I'm just joking. Tinder. Yeah, I know. Or whatever. Anyways. Hey, yeah. we'll catch you next time. On <laughs> bye. All, on all bye, bye, bye. Oh, stay hydrated too. Yeah. There you go. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the All Out War podcast today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you want to know more, you can visit us on the web at alloutwar.us. Or you can find us on Twitter at All Out Warcast. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.